Good morning, Victory Outreach Inglewood, and welcome to our Sunday morning virtual worship service. Uh, once again, I'm glad we are here together around the word, uh, gathering just to hear what God has to say to us this morning. And I wanted to mention that yesterday our men's discipleship was amazing. I want to thank you, Gilly and Gary, for all the hard work you put in uh, putting that together uh, feeding. It was about 30 men that were there and just an exciting time. Thank you, Sister Debbie, for helping as well. And for all of you who contributed to bringing uh, the food and all that great stuff, uh, we had an outstanding time. So thank you all for uh, for your contributions towards our men's discipleship. And I also want to thank you, uh, Brother Art, for sharing uh, worship this morning. Wonderful song, beautiful voice, and uh, we love you there in Tacoma and, and your family as well. So praise the Lord. Uh, this morning, I'm going to be reading from the book of Genesis, chapter 3, verse 4. And I'll be reading from the New International Version of the Bible. So if you have your Bible with you, uh, we're going to go ahead and jump in and See what God has to say to us this morning. This is what it says. Genesis chapter three, verse four. You will not surely die. The serpent said to the woman. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, this morning we come before you and we ask that you would speak to our hearts regarding this word. We pray, Father God, that you would reveal truth to us that you would speak truth, that you would dismantle the lie and help us to walk in the fullness of who we are and what you've called us to do. We thank you so much for your word. We thank you for this time. Bless it, we pray in Jesus' name. And God's people say, Amen. Amen. You know, well, here is where it all began, right here. If you ever wondered why the world is the way it is, this is the reason. Why the tension? Why the hatred and the violence? If you've ever turned on the news and asked yourself, why all of this? Why the poverty? Why the racism and wars, diseases? Where did it all come from? Where did hurt come from? Deception, divorce, and, and disappointment. Everything wicked in the world, everything evil in the world, it all had its origin, its beginning, its genesis right here, right here in this very place. Here is the serpent's first appearance in the world, right? And he gets right to the point. He is the father of lies, doing what he does best. And here is his, his entrance Onto the stage, his first appearance in the world. And he's on his first day contradicting the plan of God. On his first day, he shows up. And the very moment he shows up, and it's almost as if the camera pans to, to uh, the, the serpent. And his first words are to disrupt God's plan. To bring about a, a, a corruption to the will and the purpose of God, contradicting his plan. He could have started with self-doubt. 
He could have said or done something to cause Eve and Adam to doubt themselves. Or he could have started with problems in the marriage. That seems to work. If he can start problems in their relationship, he could have started there. Or physical illness. Or issues with whether there's enough to eat. Or, or you know, all, he, the, there are many places he could have started. But no, uh, he'll get to all that later. He'll, he'll get there. But here, he goes straight for the juggler. Here, he doesn't start with any overtly uh, uh, violent uh, kinds of, of confrontations, but he comes subtly. He comes deviously, quietly sneaking up upon this couple, upon the first humans. And he struck the woman much the same way that a normal snake would strike. Suddenly unexpectedly and fatally. And it's ironic because he shows up promising that uh, there was nothing fatal to the tree at all. That you can eat. You are, you're not going to die if you eat that from that tree. It, it's not a fatal thing. And, and in some respects, the, the enemy was right. There, are, th- there was nothing about the tree itself that was toxic to them. Uh, They could eat it and and live. But it wasn't physical death. That immediate death wasn't physical death that God was talking about. It was more of a spiritual death. Not to eat from this tree. And so he comes with this idea that, hey, eat it. Enjoy it. Go ahead and take a bite. What do you mean you can't eat from this tree? The tempter. You know, through subtle insinuation, raises doubt about what God says, about the words of God, about his plan for humanity. He begins to raise doubt. There was no blatant uh, suggestions to her uh, for for her to rebel against God. And there was uh, no shocking or obvious words that he brought to them. He didn't even try to persuade the woman to eat the fruit. He didn't persuade her to do that. Just to doubt its lethality. Just to doubt. Go ahead and take a bite. You're you're not going to die if you eat the fruit. All he does is cast doubt on God. He only raises the question, a slight suggestion that God may be wrong here. I bet if you eat it, I I bet if you do, I bet you'll be all right afterwards. You'll still be alive. He just raises doubt that God may be wrong, wrong about you, uh, that, that what he says about you that seems so far fetched, that seems so uh, unlike you. It's just unlike me, the things that God says that I'm not that I'm not the description he has. And all of the, the descriptions and all of the illustrations of who I am and what I am, you know, all he raises was a little doubt. That God is possibly wrong. Right. And so he comes to her. You're you're entitled. You you should be entitled to everything that's here in the garden. Everything that's here to eat Uh, any tree in the garden. You should be entitled to it. Take whatever you want. Right. Uh, There are no consequences. Did God really say you'll die? Did he really say that you won't die? 
right? And then he let the human mind run its course after, you know, dropping that on, on the woman. You know, and she, she begins to think about it. And her mind is kind of racing around. Wow, you know, maybe he's right. Maybe he is right. And he came to Eve, possibly thinking that she would make a better target than if I go to Adam. And, and it's no, for, for no other reason other than the fact that Adam had heard directly from God. God spoke to Adam and said, hey, you can eat from any tree in this garden. Just, just leave that one alone. Just leave that one alone. Now, now, women tend to be a bit sharper than us guys, right? They have this intuition. They have this, this knowledge. They can read things that we don't read. But he goes to her because the command was not given directly to her. It was given to her husband. And she received the command secondhand. So he probably figured it would be harder to deceive the man who received the command directly from God than for her. So he singled out the woman. He found her when she was there, you know, uh, just, you know, uh, you know, accessible to him and, and alone and isolated with a deceptive question in order to kind of feel her out to see if she'll take the bait. And the question itself seems to be aimed at weakening her relationship with God. God said, what? He actually said that to you? you mean, God actually said you'll die if you eat it? And you believed him? Hello. Right? Seguramente. No moridas. Right? Surely you won't die. Don't tell me you believed him. Take it from me. You'll be all right. Right? The final uh, words. Take it from me. You'll be all right. I can't believe God would tell you such a thing. He's just afraid that you'll become like him. Imagine that. You'll become like God, knowing good and evil. Wow. Wow. When you read this, it hints at something strange on the part of God. When you hear what he is suggesting to the woman, it's almost as if, as if there's something wrong with God. Something cruel about God. Something unkind that he would limit your choices. Oh yeah, you can eat from, from that tree. Oh, that's a good one over there. And you can have some of that tree. But you know what? Leave this one alone. Why God? And he's raising this question as if God is holding back. That there is as if there is more that you could have if it wasn't for God. That there would be more for you, more available for you, more that you could have if it wasn't for the restrictions that he places on you. All the trees of the garden are yours except for this one. Well, why would he tell you that? Why would he hold that one back? Oh, I know. It's because you'll become like him. He'll be threatened by you if you become like him. Go ahead and eat it. Bet, I bet you'll be okay. I bet you'll be smarter. And, and, and I bet you won't die. Man, God is just trying to keep a sister down. Take a bite. You'll be all right. Why would God do such a thing? Why would he withhold that tree when the whole garden is yours? Go for it. You only live once. Right? Do it. 
do it, do it, do it, right? Just a, uh, from the enemy, uh, this, this suggestion to disobey the command of God. And in the subtlety of a simple question, he raised suspicion in the woman's heart toward God. Oh, has he stopped doing that? I don't think so. He raised suspicion and left her to think about it on her own. This is where it all began. This is the father of lies. And he knows how to he knows how to lie. He's good at what he does. He was working behind the scenes in in Job's misfortune. If you've ever read the story of Job, he tried his best to get Job to curse God and die. He was there when Saul was jealous of David. He was that spirit that tormented Saul and caused him to throw spears at David, the Lord's anointed. He was there when Jesus fasted for 40 days. And just as he was hungry, the Bible says he hungered. And Satan was there to try to, to try, tried his best to persuade Jesus not to trust God, but to go ahead and make his own bread. Make your own bread, Jesus. Look, you could do it. You could turn these rocks into bread. I bet you could do it. Oh, I bet they'd be some good bread. Oh, man, some nice. You can make some cornbread, some monkey bread. Right. Go ahead. Jesus, you can do do it. Do it. Do Right. <laughs> He's the father of lies. And this is what he does. And today we've been lied to just as Eve has been lied to. You and I, we've been lied to the same way. Like Eve, we've been convinced that the lie is trustworthy. Like Eve, we've been convinced of something false, as if it were true. Things about yourself, things about how people will receive you, about what you're capable of doing, about your value, your, what you know or don't know, what you're able to become in life. Oh, he's lied quite a bit and he's good at what he he does. Today, we've been lied to and many have been locked into this endless cycle of destructive behavior because of the lies of the master liar, the father of lies. He knows what he's doing. Self-condemnation and we believe it. Fears and we believe it. Phobias and, and groundless insecurities. And we believe it. There are some who have been convinced that they're unwanted. That nobody loves you. You were unwanted at birth. Your parents, when when they had you, man, you were a mistake. And somehow, subtly, that little uh, story of, of, of an unwanted pregnancy lodges itself in our minds. And we feel that we go through the rest of life unwanted. That we're just, you know, a tag along. We, we don't fit anywhere. A lie. That we're unloved. It's a lie. You know, some are convinced that they're powerless. I was talking to somebody uh, just the other day about, about getting involved in something. Oh, once you get involved, once you, you know, you know it would be good for you to, to get involved. Well, it's, it's already, you know, 
the way they do it, it's, it's the, the way they do it. And it would be hard for me to get involved because it's just not the way I, I would do. And, and they feel powerless as if you don't matter, as if you are not the flavor to that thing, as, as if you don't bring perspective of, like you're, you, you can't change it, reorganize it, man, make it beautiful. You, you have, you're not powerless. Have you believed the lie? There are those who feel as if, as if they have no real control over the events of their own lives, that they can't change their own environment. That's a lie from the enemy. That we have no choice, no say, no decision concerning anything that happens to us in this life. There are those who fear relationships because of the lies of the enemy. You've had issues in the past. You've you've been mistakes in the past. Perhaps, you know, you've run into the wrong people in the past. And built upon all of that are, are these hesitations and fears. That it'll never get better. This is how it is. This is who I am. Right? And we go into life distrusting people. Distrusting the world. And it's a lie. Those who hide your true self. Fearing that if people really knew who you were. And and how intelligent you were. Or your talents. People would would not really want to know you. Because, man, if they really knew who you were, man, they they would just shun you. They would back away from you. And and they would not love you for who you are. They just use you for your giftings and talents. And we walk in life hesitant. We walk in life with a fear. And we stay distant from people. Distant from God's call upon our lives. It's all a lie. It's a lie this morning. A useful, effective lie. And he wants to create a wounded church. A church that doesn't believe that it is effective. People that don't believe they can rise to leadership. Men and women that that figure, I can't teach the Bible. I can't share my faith with someone. I can't pray for someone's healing. A lie. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 verse 3, but I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And what Paul is telling the Corinthians is a powerful reflection of false teaching. This is what false teaching does. False beliefs. This is what they do. A false understanding of who you are, of how you fit in God's kingdom. This is what it does in a subtle way. You may believe the lie and it keeps you from a pure devotion To Christ. Lies breed contempt. Lies breed guilt. Lies perpetuate a false understanding of God and His love for us. Lies perpetuate uncertainty, fear. They separate friends. Lies separates husbands from wives, people from their calling. Lies are destructive. Lies are, it it, it saps us of life, of hope. And Satan is the father of lies. 
when he shows up on the scene the very first time, the very first words out of his mouth were lies. Lies sever our relationship with God, distorting who God is. But they also sever our understanding of who we are, of who you are, causing us to fall far short of our fullest potential. There is so much more you can do and be if it weren't for the lie. Does hurt happen? Certainly it does. So does rejection and all the other things I mentioned happens because of lies. Do those things? Absolutely. They they happen. And there are many justifiable fears that exist in the world. But Jesus says that if we listen to his word, that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free. This lie was convincing because no one had ever told a lie before. You think about it. For the first time in Eve's life, had she heard a lie? There was she out of all the times that they spent with God, speaking with God, walking and talking with God. It was all truth, pure truth from God, from the voice of God. For the first time she had heard a lie. That's why it was so convincing to her. And there was no way for Eve to know that the serpent was the enemy of God. Here he is, part of the creation. You know, there were beautiful things there, beautiful birds and trees and plants and flowers. And I'm sure he didn't come looking ugly. He came right subtly, even beautifully with a lie. And that was his goal. His goal was to destroy her. His goal was to destroy her marriage and her relationship with God. And in the end, to bring chaos, violence and death to her family. And he he was successful in what he was aiming to do. It's lies just like this that continue to instigate the fall. It's lies like this that continue to disrupt the faith of believers that cause us to fall short, way short of where we should be, where God has called us to be. And not only does the lie account for what we see happening in the world globally, but it even accounts for the misrepresentations that we have about ourselves, about who we are and what we're able to do. But Jesus is here to dismantle the lie. This morning he is here to meet you. And his words are true. He wants to set the captive free. And all those insecurities and all those fears and all those doubts, all those resignations, it's time to be set free. And I'd like to pray for us this morning. I'd like to pray for us. Because right now in, you know, speaking of in a virtual church service, the best I could do is is I can pray. We can pray and ask God for his special touch upon our lives. But for those that would like to walk this journey a little further, man, we would love to walk with you. We would love to help you dismantle the lies, whatever lies he has brought into your home, your household, your marriage. We want to walk with you to see you victorious. We want to to walk with you on a journey. It's hard to do in a few minutes 
uh, through virtual service. But we can walk with you and see you victorious. But I like to pray this morning. And I want you to pray with me. Let's go before the Lord. Father God, we come before you this morning. We ask for your strength and guidance because we know the enemy is a liar and the father of lies. And we know that we have been subjected to his his lying spirit. We've been subjected to uh, what he has to say to us and our families our marriages, our health, our well-being, our children. And so we come to you this morning and ask that you would help us, free us from the lies of the enemy. Let us be students of the word, of the truth, so that we can know you, Lord Jesus, and be set free. We thank you this morning for your will and your word. Walk with us and strengthen us in Jesus' name. And God's people say, amen, amen. And this morning, if you say, well, Pastor Kevin, I need help. I need help. I I want to do more. I'd like to walk with you through the process of dismantling the lies that we've been uh, given in our lives. I want to walk with you through that journey. I want to help you to succeed, to overcome those things. So let us know. Let us, you know, contact. Let us know. Say, hey, Pastor Kevin, help me on this journey. And we can find a way to dismantle that lie. And we'll begin that journey together. Amen. And God will be glorified in your life. Amen. To him be the glory. God bless you this morning. And we hope to see you soon. Amen.